That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I don't get it podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the I Don't Get It podcast. This is Naz. This is Lauren. And this is Ashley. And, you know, we, first of all, we just want to say how much we love you guys because you message and tweet us all the time and you give us so much love and we feel like our listeners are literally the, the reason why we're sitting here and you guys actually give us topics and things to talk about. Yeah, we had this charity event last night and nobody comes up to me and says like, oh my gosh, I loved you on the show anymore. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh my gosh, I love your podcast. And that makes me feel whole. <laughs> you, I feel like podcasts, you really get to know the person. Like They feel like they know you even more than just watching the show. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because like, when I listen to Chris D'Elia's podcast, I'm like, I'm best friends with Chris D'Elia. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, think the, I think the greatest pleasure the three of us get with all of you guys listening is that, like, aside from The Bachelor, like, we have a podcast that's, like, for the listeners. Yes. Like, through our Ghostbusters segment. Like, I feel like we really just want to help you guys enrich your life. Yeah. Because we don't understand things in our lives just as much as you do. Yeah, and it's like not all Bachelor oriented, but it still deals with things that if you watch The Bachelor, you're dealing That's with. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was like, if you watch The Bachelor, you probably don't get the same things we don't get. Yeah, exactly. So we're all living this world together. And actually, it was nice. I got a, a tweet from a girl a couple days ago, and she was like, I think your podcast is so funny that I shared one of the episodes with my brother, and now even guys like your podcast. That's so great. Yeah. Aw. Well, one of you guys actually emailed us. And just so you know, we try and read everything. Um, You can DM Lauren and I. Ashley doesn't check her DMs, but you should tweet Ashley. (laughs) But I tweet. Yeah. She definitely tries and reads all of her tweets. Um, And so we got an email to info at heartbrokenanonymous.com. You guys can email us if you have a ghosting story or any topics you like to share. And I'm going to read a story that a listener sent us. Hey, Ashley, Naz, and Lauren. First, I'd like to start by saying I've been following the podcast from the beginning, and I love it. I listen regularly, and even a ton of my girlfriends listen to it. We love how raw and unfiltered you guys are. Anyway, I've been in a relationship for almost two years with who I thought was a guy I'd marry one day. However, he started messaging another girl and some explicit stuff, and I managed to find all the messages. Oh, my God. We try- I haven't heard this. I know. Oh, my God. It's so okay. sad. We tried to move on from it, but it led to a final break upon my behalf, knowing that he could tell a girl stuff he'd never shared with me, left me feeling so insecure and unable to move on. Our relationship was so healthy before I found out about his wandering eye. He was very genuine about our relationship lasting forever and made so many future plans for us that it made no sense he dropped everything we had only to get attention and sexed other girls. And then she writes in all caps, the point of the email, 80-20 rule. 
So I work at a bar and I told the guys I work with what happened and they were all stunned. They were surprised that I got cheated on because they knew that we'd been together for so long. However, they explained to me that although a guy has a safe girl who's the whole package, sometimes they feel like they're missing out on something different or better. The 80-20 rule being that in our relationship, he only received 80% of what he needed to be in a happy relationship, so he was missing out on the extra 20%. But when he leaves the 80% to get the extra 20%, he may find himself only getting the 20%. And then she goes on to say how much she loves us. I think this would be a great topic on your podcast. What do you guys think? So basically what I got from that email is like, if you're the 80 girl, you got to spice things up and wear like a fishnet bodysuit every once in a while. And if you're a 20 girl, then you got to like work on your entire life. (laughs) Then you got to work on your personality, which is probably harder. Well, Lauren, you're in a relationship. Do you feel like you only get 80% of what you actually need in a relationship? And that there's From like him? Yeah, that there's 20% out there that you're maybe not getting. I don't want to say it's different for girls. I, I, I honestly stuck. was going to say the same I thing. Think you guys think it's different for girls? Because, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I noticed like a couple weeks ago, I was like, we don't really have sex, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, <laughs> I, should I be like doing something different? And the other this is explicit Ugh. Ugh. the other night like i just kind of like usually he's like come on and i'm like okay but that the what i did was like you know ripped his pants off and kind of like went for it before he was even ready and he like really liked that and i feel I'm like that was barf. the spark that's that we needed that was my 20 percent we were missing <laughs> i'm going to excuse myself to that's the toilet that, room explicit, Ashley. oh my gosh well Yes, I do think it's so only you need a, a little. I you need a little mystery thing. and a little. You spice do. You need the mystery. I think that's the twenty percent that you probably lose after you commit to a relationship. Yeah. I think like that twenty percent. You're like, oh, no more mystery anymore. So I think the guy goes for like the sultry, sexy girl who may not have as bright of a personality, but like gives him something to figure out. That's interesting. Well, just so you guys all listening know, our topic today is why people cheat, but we also really want to discuss and dive into this 80-20 rule and see if it's a real thing for all people or just guys. And I think I'm going to side with you guys right now. And I feel like I feel like everyone, the 80-20 rule can apply to everyone. Like girls can just get 80% of what they want in a guy. Like there may be a guy that like doesn't express his feelings as much right, as you want yeah, to. Yeah. So there may be 20% out there that you're not necessarily getting. Again, what the fuck do I know? I've never had a boyfriend, <laughs> yeah. but this Disclaimer. is me. Just, I'm not an expert. We are not experts. We're just talking about shit we don't get. But anyways, I do think that it's, it is more for guys. Like I feel like guys that are in relationships, some of them are in relationships with girls they think, you know, or take home to mom, girl next door. But there's that hot girl out there. I think the the only difference is for men and women is like, we're all automatically thinking about the sex part. Mm -hmm. And like, is it's probably what you're saying. Like I had a guy like who was really good with my family and good at sports. And then there's other guy who was really good at music, which is such a necessity for my relationship. So like that 20 somewhere else, it just may not be sex for the woman. Right. Like no one's ever going to be your hundred percent complete whole unless unless Ashley finds Aladdin in real life. Um, then he's still a street rat. <laughs> street rat. <laughs> Lauren picked out my outfit today, and it's so great. You know why? Because it's Olivia Colpo's line from Latote. If you guys are not familiar with Latote or my ultimate girl crush, Olivia Colpo, well, then familiarize yourself because... This stuff, all of it, is beautiful. They have style and fit experts that have data 
that'll choose clothing that is going to fit you better than you'll find at any other retailer. They basically style your tote, but you have full control over what goes into the box. Like you can swap out certain items to fit your own schedule. Like what if you're going hiking one day and what if you're going to the office one day? You can also rent up to $300 worth of clothing from designer brand names like Nike, Rebecca Minkoff, all month long. And you know who this is perfect for? People who are expecting babies. Maternity clothes are great because, you know, you're going to wear them once and then you're going to grow right out of it or then you're going to shrink right out of it and you're never going to use it again. So if you want to try out Latote, which I highly recommend, go to Latote.com, that is L-E-T-O-T-E.com to start for as low as $39 a month. You're going to have to enter our promo code, which is get it, G-E-T-I-T, at checkout to get 50% off your first month. Just wear what you want and return everything else in the mail when you're done and it's that easy. So enter our code, get it, G-E-T-I-T, and feel fab with fashion delivered right to your door. What do you think when it comes to relationships um, and cheating, do you think it's more hurtful to be emotionally unfaithful or physically unfaithful? Physically, I think. I think emotionally. Because because for me, and again, I I think if I was in a relationship... And the guy I was dating fucked this girl that was like hotter than me or something. I'd be like, oh, it's because she's hotter than me, but she's never going to be as cool as That's me. That's so crazy. <laughs> but the email um, that we just read was sad because it was, wait, well, it was like. She was in a two-year relationship. Two-year relationship. And it was just like reading the explicit words of sex. Now, did he actually have sex with this girl? Or was he only talking to this girl about sex? We don't know that much. That's so we don't like know if emotional. Because that's what I'm saying. The bad physical. thing about this email is it's physical and emotional. I think it kind of comes down to the the level of commitment. Like if it's a marriage versus whether it's dating and how long you're together. Like if you're married, like say like dad had a very close female friendship at work yeah i think that is creepy but at the same time i think if it physically cheated on mom that would be way worse even worse yeah well let's get back to the basics real quick why do you guys think people cheat mm. and i know and it's there is such an easy answer for me i'm like oh because they're not happy maybe yeah but are there other reasons and just so you guys know we don't know as much we're just going to share our opinion right. but we're going to be calling a therapist very soon, my therapist, to ask him a bunch of questions. And we'll have a couple of guys on the line um, that you guys may or may not know to weigh in as well. Well, I'm super confused to answer your question because I would always say if you're cheating, that means you're not with the right person because if you're right, if you're right, right the person because if you're right, <laughs> what? <laughs> because if you're with the right person, why would you have a desire to go outside of that relationship? That has always been my stance on it. Of course, there have been people who have cheated and been cheated on that it all works out in the end. But I don't know. See, I, what are I those examples? disagree with your theory because I feel like some people are with the one and then they mess it up or make a mistake and then they're not with the one anymore because of the mistake. It's so it's so polarizing. I don't really have a solid um, theory on why because you know I've been the other woman and I yeah just, wait, wait wait this is great yeah is so great. you would offer great insight. So I mean when why I was did so and so cheat when I was yeah, in that relationship I would be like he's just comfortable and I'm like the spice to his life. Aka I was twenty percent. 
Yeah, but we oh. also think that he was with somebody that his parents really approved of, someone of her pedigree. We thought she, he was with he, her pedigree. I wasn't high enough of a pedigree for him in his family, and I still think that may be the reason. I wow, have always stuck with that being the reason because his family is really well-to-do. Yeah, and he like never met my family. He never, he never got it. He like, never got it. He just wow. thought like I was like this peasant girl. But not so that it would matter. <laughs> like the, yeah. if you not were a, a, from like a, a lower middle class or even middle class or anything like that. Right. But Lauren, why, why do you think he cheated? I, cause that's more answering why you weren't the 80%. If Taking that's yourself out with. of like other scenarios and be, me being in the scenario. I just think he cheated because like our connection was absolutely palpable. But then but why wouldn't physical? he just choose to be with you? Yeah, because I th- I think the pedigree. The, the pedigree, yes. But was it a physical connection, emotional, everything? Like I think you it was think everything. he was, I think it was everything. Yeah. 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 And then a question to spin it on Lauren, since you know she's been in relationships and she has been the quote mistress. Yeah, she was never a mistress. People, just to clarify, he was never married or engaged to this girl. It was a 20-something a relationship. Yeah, but you could still be a mistress. Yeah, it's, I don't think mistress is the definition the t- of being married. I'm not 100% sure. I think it is. Should I, I think Google it? it? Is. Yeah. 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 We can all find out together. Well, well the proper title for me. I <laughs> Define Lauren I can Yeah, she's side, side piece. Side piece. Side piece, yeah. Okay, so Lauren, now I want to ask you on the other side, you cheated on one of your boyfriends. Wait, real yeah. quick. Mistress is a woman having an extramarital sexual relationship. Extramarital. Especially with a married man. Okay. So okay. it's, it's predominantly married. Predominantly married. Okay. Carry on. Lauren, you cheated on one boyfriend. You were young. Very young. Uh, why did you cheat on him? <laughs> um, why did I cheat on yeah, him? This in mind, she was like 18. So yeah. I don't know if it like counts in the big scheme of things. Um. I cheated because uh, I was in high school and he was basically my entire friend group. So I feel like if I broke up with him, first of all, if I broke up with him, he's very fragile and he would cry a lot. So I felt bad every time I would try to. Second of all, yeah, I think he in like this literally case, wouldn't let me. I think in this him. case, it was because was you Chrissy couldn't Teigen. break up with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he was like my my group of friends in high school. So I was like, if I break up with him, then I'm going to have like one friend, and that that sucks. And so you know, it was like that. But like if I out in the real world, if that wasn't my entire social circle, then I probably would have broken with him a long time ago. Hold on real quick. I have to tell everyone about Hubble um, because Hubble has saved me so much money. I wear contacts and contacts are extremely expensive. And the reason why they're so expensive is because four companies control 97% of the market until now. Come in Hubble. Good insight, Ness. So Hubble is the jam. It is the shit because contacts are way cheaper. We actually all have a friend named Lizzie and she swears by it. And Lizzie's, she's just overpaying way too much money for contacts. And if you're listening to this and you know you need contacts and you don't have a prescription, don't worry. They can send you to an optometrist if you guys don't have a prescription. And they make it more convenient and affordable because obviously they mail it right to your house. So no more overpaying and no more overwearing because it's daily contacts. One time I had a contact split in my eye. I was wearing it so much. Stop. Was it a color contact or a real one? It was a color one. 
Ashley, you wore color contacts. I did too. I did too. Duh. What color? Blue and green. 2000s life. You can get 60 contacts for $30. That's a dollar a day. I'm telling you, it's the way to go. So all you have to do is go to HubbleContacts.com to get your first two weeks of lenses for free. That's right. 15 pair of lenses for free if you're an I Don't Get It listener. All you guys have to do is head to HubbleContacts.com and you'll get 2020 vision for half the price. All right, let's get back to what we were talking about. Let's, we should call Dr. Mike just to get his reasoning behind everything. So just so you guys know, Dr. Mike Dow, he is actually a psychotherapist. He's written like a New York Times bestselling book. He's my therapist. He's like on the doctors all the time. And he specializes in relationships, which is why I go to him. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, but I think it'd be interesting to get his insight on why heterosexual males cheat and why people cheat in general. Should we call him? Let's yes. do it. All right, guys, we got Dr. Mike Dow on the line. Hi, Dr. Mike. Hey there. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. Can you... Happy to be uh, talking about relationships today. Yes. Yes. Our favorite topic. (laughs) And for free today. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, I actually have a session with Dr. Mike later. All right, Dr. Mike, can you introduce yourself? Tell us, like, where you've been, where we can find you, and kind of what you specialize in. Yeah, so uh, I'm in practice here in L.A. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author, so you may have caught my book, The Brain Fog Fix, or my next one, uh, Heal Your Drained Brain, which will be out in February. Um, And I do specialize in relationships, so I'm LaToya Jackson's couples therapist uh, on her show. Uh, I've worked with uh, Ben the Bachelor, done couples therapy with him on his show, uh, as well as uh, lots of different shows on uh, E, Giving Relationship Advice with Brody Jenner uh, on Logo. uh, and VH1 couples therapy. So today's topic is essentially why people cheat. Um, and we'd like to kind of concentrate on specifically heterosexual males. Yep. Um, but we'll just kind of start on why people cheat. And Ashley and Lauren, do you have any specific questions for him to start off? Well, I guess like you keep saying heterosexual men. Um, is there a difference between heterosexual men and heterosexual women when it comes to cheating? Yeah, there, there is actually a difference. Um, you know, so the male brain uh, and the female brain uh, are quite different in the way that they respond to love uh, and also sex. Um, and it also affects whether or not uh, and also why they cheat. So we know that men are actually more likely to cheat than women. Uh, we, also, we also know personality type. Um, if I do some personality testing on you, that will also uh, predict uh, whether or not uh, you are likely to be a cheater. So if you are a sensation seeker and if your brain really likes uh, that thrilling up chemical dopamine, you're more likely to be a cheater than somebody who is classified as a sensation avoider. So, so drug addicts, very interesting. I would say, like drug yeah. addicts. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're meeting that great guy at a bar and he's the life of the party and that's why you fall in love with him, he's also uh, slightly more likely to cheat on you than that, that quiet guy in the corner. So. Oh, that's God. like why musicians and rock stars cheat. It's because they're like stage want- present. Sensation yes, seeking. Sensation yes. And yeah. then like lawyers and whatever professionals tend to not. I don't and know about that. I don't know. A lot of professionals cheat. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm moving to Silicon Valley. I'm over this. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a certain profession that statistically cheats more than any other? 
Well, I, I think you nailed on the head. You know, I think a lot of um, artists, uh, it, it's the same reason why they are, a lot of artists struggle with addiction. Yeah. Uh, it is that sensation-seeking brain. So really any any profession where you're seeing a lot of sensation-seekers, yeah, you're probably also going to see uh, a lot of cheaters. And then, and then let's also not forget about just this common sense um, proximity. You know, so if you are an engineer and you're one of a, a 99 um, you know, men and there's, you know, Silicon Valley is notoriously, uh, there's not a lot of women there. So listen, if you're surrounded by, uh, straight men all day and you're a straight guy and you're looking for a straight woman, uh, a woman to, to, uh, you know, either date or have sex with, um, you know, it's also that proximity and, and what's around you as well. That's interesting. So is that, uh, do people cheat more in LA, Miami, and New York? Uh, I, you know, I think there is, uh, I haven't seen a study on this in particular, but, uh, just based on, uh, my experience and the people that I have treated, uh, I've treated thousands of people now and in, in my private practice and sort of looking at where they're from. Yeah. You know, the other thing, I think that there's a correlation between people who move to big cities, um, and being sens- sensation seekers, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a sensation avoider, you're probably not going to want to move to South beach, uh, West Hollywood or, um, the meatpacking district in New York, right? Right. So right. If, if, if you are that kind of person who's always uh, looking for those cheap thrills, uh, you're probably also uh, slightly more likely to be a cheater. And, you know, also, I don't want to generalize. So just because you fit that mold doesn't mean that you cheat. Uh, but we know that in studies that there is a uh, it does spike your, your risk statistically. OK. And then back to the original thing you were saying, because I don't want you to finish your initial thought. Ashley asked you the difference between heterosexual women and men cheating. So what are the reasons that women cheat? Yeah, so, you know, I always come back to uh, this comparison um, and, and that that men are sort of like uh, microwaves when it comes to sex and women are like crockpots. And, and, and also the fact that women need to feel loved often to have sex and men often need to have sex to feel loved. And, you know, so what we see and what I have seen in terms of why somebody cheats um, women will often cheat when they are not emotionally fulfilled, right? So right. if a woman is not uh, getting her emotional needs met uh, in a relationship, you know, that is usually when I see women cheating in a relationship versus men. So, you know, there, there are different kinds of affairs, um, and I, I tend to see this a lot. Um, in men. So sometimes there's an exit affair, meaning you kind of want out of a relationship and you're actually using the affair as a way to get out because you're too chicken shit to actually tell somebody what you really want, right? So Mm -hmm. there's that type of affair. Um, Then there's sort of the... um, this is sort of the guy who thinks that he can have it all. Um, you know, maybe he's a male chauvinist. Maybe he's, uh, you know, a millennial and he thinks that he can always get what he wants and he should be able to have his cake and eat it too or that he's above rules or that rules don't apply. Uh, and then and then you have this this person who thinks that uh, uh, that they should be able to stay married and, and get whatever they want and they shouldn't have to say no, right? Um, and then I think there are those people who are literally who, who, and I think women tend to fall more in this category. 
there are those affairs that are really about, you know, you are not getting your emotional needs met in a relationship. And pretty soon you just get so miserable um, that you then eventually uh, are likely to have an affair. So I think that's sort of interesting, um, you know, and, and I'll, as it breaks down, you know, men versus women in terms of, you know, why you're having an affair and, you know, how, how men and women behave differently if they're cheating. How, when it comes down, oh, sorry, Lauren, have you seen any relationships like succeed after an affair? Like many of them? I was going to elaborate on that question and say which type of cheating is more likely to be able to reconcile physical or emotional? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think people have a, a and obviously the, you know, with STDs, uh, physical, I think people have more, I they have, they have a problem with, uh, physical affairs more than emotional affairs, but, but, you know, not always, I think a lot of women, um, you know, when, if a guy has one foot out the door and he's, you know, his, he, he's getting his emotional needs met with his work wife. And then that turns into a flirtation and he's crossing a line, you know, that can also be, a, a, a lack of trust and the trust can go out the window in that way too. Right. So, you know, I, I think it's just a uh, really interesting, uh, also what I've seen in my office, um, I, I would say if I were to put a number on it, what percentage of couples can recover after somebody cheats, I would put that number at about 60 or maybe 60, 65 percent. A lot higher than I had thought. Yeah, yeah I would thought yeah. you were going to say 50 actually. Uh, I, you know, and, and maybe this might be, maybe my number is a little skewed because these are people who are, you know, coming into my office yeah. and really want to work on it. I, I think that there are some people, and, and if you're listening uh, to this podcast, you have, you have to know this is you. There are those people who no matter what, if you cheat, they are never going to trust you again. And they, there's a hard line and that there, there can never be, uh, the, the rebuilding of trust. And, you know, 10 years later, even if you heal, there's going to be this part of you that is still, um, not, not able to feel safe with that person. And if you, if you really look at yourself and you're that type of person, you know, I, I would say that that's you know, about one out of every three people, then I think you need to be honest and, and, and really know that it's okay. That if that is your hard line, if you are that kind of person who will never be able to forgive or trust again, then I think it's acceptable to, to leave that relationship and just say that that is just a line that nobody can ever cross. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts. And it doesn't, no matter how much work we do in therapy, um, there are just some people that I found that that is the case. But I, I will say that the majority of the people, you know, listen, I think if you're cheated on, you're, you're initially going to go to that, you know, F you and I'm never trusting you again. Um, but sometimes I see that subside, right? So I think most of the time I would say that 60 or maybe 65% of people, um, if they want, if they really love this person, uh, there is an ability to, to rebuild trust and, and to forgive. Um, it's not easy and it is sort of a mourning process, you know, and I, I think a lot about um, uh, the stages of grief and I think it applies to uh, somebody who is, you know, shocked by somebody who has cheated. Um, but, I, but I think that if you are a asking yourself that question and somebody has cheated on you, I think a lot of couples can get past it. And if they do some really good work, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, condoning this behavior and I'm not saying that it's a good thing by any means, but I will <laughs> say this when, when a couple comes into my office, if somebody has cheated, there is usually, uh, the affair is usually information about what wasn't 
working in that relationship. If that person has cheated, that's usually, a, you know, what was it about the affair that was so alluring? You know, was it that person was more supportive? Was it, was that person just, you know, always warm and kind and there was, and, and maybe you don't get that from your partner. And if that's true, can we figure out how you can be warmer or kinder or, uh, you know, whatever it is, fill in the blank with your partner. So sometimes I use these affairs as a, as a, as a lesson and couples can, can possibly sometimes come out of it the other side, uh, a stronger couple. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. What's the difference in the recovery rate uh, between people who have had full-blown affairs versus a one-time or two-time incident? That's exactly what I was wondering. Yeah, so a, a long-term affair is definitely harder because, you know, if it's a one-night stand and you're, uh, you know, away on business and he gets a little tipsy and, you know, kisses the uh, alluring stranger at the Westin, uh, you know, Chicago <laughs> airport bar, you know, I think it's easy to sort of, oh, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I, I, I It was a lapse of judgment. I was tired. I was jet lagged. I was drunk. Um, and it, and you can see that. In, Wait, can it, I stop you there for one second? Are those yeah. real? Is that a real thing? Like someone can make a mistake, be with the person that they're supposed to be with, and oh, I was just drunk, or I was alert to them. Like, can this, it be that simple? That's, just being that's drunk. what I'm trying. Or to is ask. it Thank like you, a, Ashley. a subconscious that's much deeper than is that? Is it always subconscious, or can it be that simple? Uh, sometimes it is that simple. I mean, you know, I, I am a man, so I, I hate to uh, you know sort of put, put us down in general. But I will say that women are. Women are the more evolved sex, you know. Men, men are a little bit closer to apes uh, than, than women are. Just <laughs> brain, right? This is a certified psychotherapist, just <laughs> so you guys know. It's, it's true. And, you know, so sometimes it really is that simple. And, you know, I think men have a harder time. Um, and this is well, this is especially true clinically um, with adolescent males because, you know, their their brains do tend to develop uh, slower. And the last part of the brain that develops the prefrontal cortex, which really isn't fully developed into your mid 20s. So if you're somebody who's in your early 20s and you're a female, your your prefrontal cortex, which essentially puts the brakes on uh, impulses. So, you know, if you're in that Western bar and you uh the part of your brain that is going to, number one, consider long-term consequences and B, put the brakes on your animalistic urges, that's a prefrontal cortex. And it develops more quickly in women than it does in men. So if you're a, if you're a young man, um, you are less likely. And, and by the way, there are some, you know, I think this is sort of uh, obvious, but there are some mental illnesses that also correlate mm-hmm. with cheating. So obviously, if uh, somebody who's been diagnosed with uh, ADHD, um, people with ADHD have trouble putting the brakes on urges. Um, you know, obviously, people with addiction have have trouble putting the brakes on urges. So sometimes it, it really is as simple as failing to put the brakes on an urge in, in the moment. Um, but I will say that this, our subconscious minds are 
deep and it's a treasure trove of of what we want and you know our, what our love map is in terms of what we're attracted to and why and what we're looking for in this world when it comes to uh, love and relationships so yeah there are some people who see an out and you know it represents something that is really deep you know or you know it, it can be you know acting out if if you feel like your partner is punishing you if, if that if that husband is at that western and you know he feels like his wife doesn't have his back um, sometimes it's presenting an opportunity to sort of um, get some revenge. So, you know, sometimes it is uh, a little bit deeper, but I think sometimes it really is just uh, an animalistic urge. I, but uh, That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I personally really needed to hear that because I feel like I'm one of those people that too often assume that everyone thinks like me. So I think if mm-hmm. I was in a relationship and the guy cheated on me, I'd be like, no, it's not that simple and I'm not getting over it. And I think it is important to realize that it could be that simple. Sort of. Yeah. Lauren, you know, definitely. You- our sister. Our, right here, our sister. Yeah. <laughs> our, my, our, Lauren right is my sister. My now. sister, my dad used to always tell her that she never, that her prefrontal cortex was never yeah. developed. And that's why she had such impulse control when it came to drugs in her early yeah. 20s. I'm mean, like, yeah, being diagnosed with ADD and I've only lived in the now and what makes me feel good now. Wow. So yeah. that's yeah. so interesting. That's exactly the reason why I cheated in my early 20s and yeah. my teens. But what's even more interesting, Dr. Mike, have you been watching Bachelor in Paradise? Uh, I have not watched. I, I, I have watched other seasons. I have not been watching it this season. Okay. Um, never mind. We'll I, talk to everyone I wouldn't else call about- Dean's behavior, if you're going to go there, um, something about I think like, it's prefrontal impulse. cortex. Yeah, he's 26, he's early though. 20. No, 26. That's You're developed by then. Right, Dr. Mike? Uh, yeah, on average, but you know, listen, there are some brains who are sl- who are slow to develop, and you know, you know, clearly, if if you are somebody who who you know, it's also a muscle that we can develop. Uh, you know, people who meditate, you can actually grow that part of your brain. So if you're just somebody who's really immature and you don't uh, actually work on that part of your brain usually by 25 or 26 is developed, but not always, right? So that person may be a late bloomer and, you know, he, he may have a really small prefrontal cortex, which means he's really uh, not able to put the brakes on, on urges. Okay. Yeah. He's um, not cheating though. No. Yeah, totally yeah. not cheating. Just in general. Yeah. That pre, but prefrontal cortex isn't just associated with cheating, right? Dr. Mike, it could be like not being able to commit maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's also uh, associated with that is also we have to look at the hormones. So it's not just the brain structures, but what's really interesting is that, you know, oxytocin, the cuddling and bonding hormone, um, you know, we know that animals and human beings who have higher levels are more likely to form uh, long-term monogamous relationships. But when we look at the differences in the sexes, uh, testosterone suppresses oxytocin production so women have higher levels of oxytocin and men have lower so you know women are (laughs) if if you're looking at the man through your lens you know your female brain high levels of the bonding chemical uh your brain is wired to not only uh form uh you know when we look from look at this from an evolutionary point of view uh when we were hunters and gatherers it was in a women's best uh, women's best interest to be able to form bonds not only with your child um you know oxytocin production is necessary to breastfeed uh you have to be able to relax your body and bond and that hormone is released when you're breastfeeding and it's also released in romantic 
romantic relationships. Uh, it's but released we also when know- you're getting eaten out. Lori! <laughs> That's what I'm thinking about because you're getting comfortable and you're, you're bonding with each other. It's not like you're going to do that really well with a stranger. Actually, that's what so I was thinking. Right oh my now. god, I was legitimately thinking like, yeah, that's why I want to snuggle with Jared. He uh, I was here. I, I am literally <laughs> the whole time that he's been saying this. I've been picturing you being yeah. like, Jared, come snuggle with me, and Jared being like, yeah, <laughs> I don't watch football. I know. <laughs> oh man, this is so informative, Doctor Mike. We love you. Um, I need to get to the eighty twenty rule now. Yep. So the internet says. For anyone new to the 80-20 rule for relationships, it's the theory that says in a fairly healthy relationship, you only get 80% of what you want. Maybe your partner isn't a triathlete or great at sharing his feelings, but it's okay because the 80% of what you do get is really good. Do you think this theory is true? Is it real? Is it a reason people cheat? What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I th- I think that the 80-20 rule, there is some validity there. I think that people in this day and age, um, you know, especially the millennial generation uh, and our American culture, it sort of uh, preaches, you know, either directly or indirectly this message that we should be able to have what we want at all times with no consequences. You know, it's why uh, so few Americans have retirement uh, savings, but they have so much credit card debt, right? We want we want what we want, no matter what, and we don't want to have to suffer consequences, right? Uh, and so few human beings are, especially I think Americans and young Americans, are able to do that. And I think by the same token, it, it's hard for a lot of people to realize that there are compromises when it comes to anything great in life. You know, if you want to go to if you want to go to graduate school, you're going to have to give up some of your free time and your social uh, fun time with your friends, right? And if you want a relationship, there's going to be less thrills, but you're going to, in return, get a deep, satisfying, fulfilling relationship, which I, I would hope um, that people realize that at some point, um, you know, and, and especially... At some point, you, you got to commit to me. You, <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's funny. When we're 25, we don't consider the fact that at some point... When we're 65, I think this is especially true for males. You know, the, the hot 25-year-old, you're not going to be hot at 65, you know, tr- you know, trolling bars. Then you're just like that creepy old guy, That's right? So, so true. Wow. Is, we need, a, we need to spread this message. Yeah, you're not going to be young forever. <laughs> How yeah. much is a blimp? How much does that cost? Uh. Like, a lot of these guys on Paradise, like, they, they think they can do this forever. But, like, they're all receding. They're all losing yeah. their I mean, not, I don't think they're receding <laughs> now, but you're right, Ashley. Like, oh, my God. Half turn, the guys on Paradise are balding. Oh, you're right. They are receding. <laughs> I didn't know you were talking about specifically hair. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, do you doc- have anything else to add, doctor? Well, I, I would say that this, you know, I overall, I really do believe in love and I really do believe that um, it, it's rewarding and uh, that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, long term relationships, um, you know, they're 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 what life is all about. Right. So, you know, I think that it's worth sticking, um, you know, all of the heartache that people have to endure, whether they're single and lonely or whether they're going through a, a breakup or somebody has cheated on them. Um, just, you know, never, never lose sight of the prize. Cause, uh, at the end of the day, the prize is a, is a really good one. Hey, Dr. Mike, Aww. are you married? Uh, I'm not, I've been with my uh, boyfriend for about three and a half years. So I'm in a long-term, uh, relationship. We live together. We just bought a second house together. So, uh, so you're pretty- yeah, we got, we have, we got two dogs, yeah. Oh, you're, you're locked pretty in, solid. man. You're locked yeah. in. And I just want to say, Dr. Mike, if you're okay with me using this, you could tell me to take it out, is you guys were together and then broke up and are back together. So I feel like it's a great second chances story. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I think that there's a reason that every romantic comedy has the boy gets girl or boy, uh, you know, boy gets <laughs> girl and then boy gets girl back. You know, I think that there is an evolution and sometimes you have to lose uh, what's important to realize uh, what you had. And sometimes there are some issues that only come to the surface when you have that kind of breakup. And hopefully you can get through um, breakups and come out uh, stronger the, uh, on the other side. I certainly know that's uh that's certainly my story. So. Well, now I have to ask if you've ever cheated. Um, I, in my past, has has there been cheating? Uh, not with Chris, but, you know, when I was younger. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Hold on. Let me search the memory banks here. Um, I don't know if I would ever call that cheating. You know, there, I, I can remember a couple times I was sort of in an unspoken uh, long-term relationship, but we hadn't really officially closed the relationship. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I, I, I listen, if you, if I, if I, if you gave me 20 minutes on that question, I may be able to find you something for my twenties because I certainly was, <laughs> okay. a, uh, listen, I'm 38 now. I was a very different person in my twenties and I was definitely a sensation seeker. Uh, and I have, you know, one of the, by the way, we know that sensation seeking as a trait tends to, uh, as people get older, it tends to uh, sort of mellow out. And I've certainly found that to be the case with me. So somebody who is... Uh, is that George Clooney too then? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, I think men reach a certain age and, you know, it, first of all, we, we have to come to terms with the reality, which is, you know, that no, we, we human beings, it's not easy to be alone when we're in our 70s and 80s, right? Uh, we're not hot anymore. Uh, it's not easy to be, you know, the world's most eligible bachelor. And there are, there are some great reasons. Um, and if you are that sensation seeker, um, you know, that trait tends to, to mellow out. I certainly know that that's true for me. And, um, well, good to know. I'll get married yeah. at 65. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question. Naz introed this whole conversation by, by talking about heterosexual relationships. Is there any difference in cheating when it comes to the psychology of homosexual relationships? Um, a little, but you know, I would say that most of the differences have to do with the fact that it's just two male brains, right? So, oh. you know, obviously there are some things culturally, you know, I think when you have two male brains, uh, you have two people who, who tend to really like sex with lower level, levels of oxytocin, higher levels of testosterone. And some of the norms of gay culture, by the way, um, when we look at, you know, gay men versus gay women, uh, some of the norms in terms of men, you know, gay men having a lot of open relationships, which, you know, by the way, me, my boyfriend and I, we do not have an open relationship, but, and, you know, by, by the, uh, and also the stereotype that women tend to enter into these long-term relationships straight away and men are sort of slow, you know, sort of the one night stand gay male stereotype. You know, some of those stereotypes are true and it's not so much about being gay. It's just about your brain chemistry. Mm. And when you have one male and one female brain in a relationship, you have the gatekeeper, right? So some of those stereotypes are true. You know, the man is probably going to be more interested in getting laid and the woman is probably going to be more interested in nesting and building a family. So when you have, you know, the, the you know, you know, the joke about, you know, lesbians bring a U-Haul on a second date. You have two female brains. So I don't think it's necessarily so much. That's so restraint. true. We're like, all right, I like you. Let's That's kind of it. adorable. I'm I kind of so like that you that I asked you this I'm question because be it makes so much sense how different it's it true. is. Yeah. It's absolutely true. Well, Dr. Mike, you are a wealth of knowledge and I just love you. We love you so much. Where can we find 
find you? Everyone listening wants to know. Yeah, so uh, you can check out my uh, website, drmikedow.com. I have uh, my fourth book is coming out uh, in February. That's called Heal Your Drain Brain. Uh, my other three books are all available for sale on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble or wherever books are sold. And uh, I have a weekly uh, show called The Dr. Mike Show, and you can catch me on you know, the doctors and Dr. Oz and all those good fun talk shows as well. Hell yeah. All, all right. right. You're Thanks everywhere. Man. All right. Thanks, Dr. Mike. I'll see you later. I'll see you <laughs> Bye. Later. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, guys. I have to take a second to interrupt real quick and just talk to everyone about Beachbody On Demand because it is my new jam. Beachbody is an online fitness streaming service that gives you unlimited access to a wide variety of highly effective world-class workouts. And they personalize it to your needs. I love this because... I can do it anywhere. When I'm traveling, I can do it in my hotel room, when I'm home, when I'm at work. Um, I can do it in like literally the hallway. And with the step- hallway. Yeah. Like if you have like a break at work, you can like go out in the hallway and just start working out. Okay. Because it's on the app. So with step-by-step program guides, workout calendars, and nutrition plans, this is literally the plan for you if you guys want to get in shape. And what's great is that our listeners can claim a free trial membership. All you guys have to do is text. How easy is that? So pull out your phone and text GET IT, G-E-T-I-T, to 303030. Again, that's GET IT. G-E-T-I-T to 303030, and you'll get full access to this entire platform for free. All right, let's get back to cheating. Um, so we're going to go ahead and call Mr. Dreamboat himself, controversy, Dean Unglert. Okay. Dean Unglert. Unglert? <laughs> How do you say his last name? Unglert. Yeah. It was, Unglert. he never cheated in paradise. Never He's cheated. He's not a cheating type of guy. So we're not but calling is, him for that. he is currently dealing with a 2080 issue. 80, yeah, yes. exactly. So just so everyone knows, Dean is not a cheater. We don't think he's a cheater. We are calling him to get his advice on the 80-20 rule and see what he thinks. Hello, friend. You're on the podcast. Oh, hey. So today um, we had a big topic. Like some listener wrote into us and asked us why guys cheat. And we talked to that about another <laughs> guest on the phone. But then she also asked us about this thing called the 80-20 rule, which um, you and I talked about, which is like when people feel like they only get 80% of what they want in a relationship. So sometimes they get a wandering eye for like the other 20%. Like, what are your thoughts on like the 80-20 rule? Yeah. Well, the only 80-20 rule I was familiar with was um, in business, how 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. So it took me a second to wrap my head around it. But um, I mean, I can, I I don't know. It's definitely, obviously it wouldn't be a thing if it, if people didn't do it, the way that I look at it is, and I think that Ashley and I have had this conversation before where, um, it's kind of, it kind of coincides with how, um, like say, say you don't know someone very well, right. You're able to kind of like formulate ideas for what that person is like, um, because you haven't really been able to explore that much of them. And then, you know, the more you get to know about them, the less you're able to kind of like fill in the blanks for yourself. And so the way that I kind of see the 80-20 rule is, is like, you're very comfortable and, and you get 80% of what you need from, you know, your significant other, but there's maybe 20% that's lacking that. Um, I don't know, maybe it's like a communication thing where you're not communicating what you're lacking and then you go out and find it elsewhere, if that makes sense. So is it normally like a sexual thing, you think? Or is it nor- it's not normally an emotional thing, that 20%. You're usually getting your emotional stability and happiness from the person that you're committed to, right? Um, I mean, I, it obviously varies person to person, but... I don't know. I think it's obviously every relationship is different. So it's really hard to like kind of um, generalize. 
Right. Do you feel like you've ever, obviously people may allude to the fact that you've been in this situation before. Would you say that this, you've ever been in this situation before? Um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder what situation I've been. <laughs> well, I don't want to like, you know, put, put words, words in, in your, your mouth. mouth. That's why I'm asking. Cause maybe that wasn't the case for you. That's, that's why we're asking. Dude. No, I mean, there, there are so many factors that go into any relationship or any, um, you know, beginning of any relationship. So just because 80% of what you need is fulfilled doesn't mean that there are like negative things about the relationship too. It's not 80% of positivity. It could be like, you know, 80% positive, but still 40% negative. I don't know if those numbers add up, but um, <laughs> <laughs> me neither. <laughs> Cause I'm an I'm idiot. Just, saying, just because, just because 80% of what you need in a partner is there doesn't mean that, um, there's still things that you maybe necessarily don't like about that person. For, no, for yeah, that's reason. so true. Well, do you think it's true in general? Like, do you think the 80, 20 thing is real or no? Um, I haven't really given it enough thought. It seems kind of suspect to me. I mean, there are like so many of those like rules of thumb out there, right? So they can't all be true, but I mean, maybe to a certain extent, uh, you know, if you have a good thing going, you are always kind of constantly on the prowl for something better. And I can understand how that would kind of fall into the 80, 20 thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my take on it, I guess. The more I think about the 80-20 rule, the more I disagree with it. Just because I think you have 100% of your relationships. Your relationship is 100%. And just a couple of things annoy you about the person. It doesn't mean to go searching for something else. Right. Yeah, yeah I and agree I, with that too. I agree with that in any relationship. I mean, it's all about... And I mean, maybe like the, the missing 20% is like the, the missing uh, self-realization that you've like the 20% that you need to work on on yourself before you're able to go to that full hundred with the partner that you're with. So maybe instead of going 80, 20 with someone else, it's the 80% with your partner and then 20% is work that you need to do on your own. To oh, I like that. Yeah. That's a, that that's a good thought. I like that. That too. is such a good thought. That's my take on it. Um, hey good. Dean, I know that you're not like, you don't, you don't cheat, but do you have any guy friends that you have like experiences with like your yeah any friends that cheat on their girlfriends all the time and then what's the reasoning behind it is it just physical or is it emotional i I honestly don't have any friends that cheat on their girlfriends all the time that's awesome that's great at least now i mean yeah maybe in like give them my phone number dean give them my phone number (laughs) i think that in this day and age cheating is actually becoming less of a thing because less people are committing so if you're gonna go ahead and commit you're just gonna stay and not cheat I That's actually true, really agree. I we, agree with that. We don't hear about that very often. Yeah, because I think about like... Well, actually, you and I aren't in a relationship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was also going to ask Dr. Mike that. Like, is it a generational thing? Do we see one generation that cheats more often than another? Because when I think I of a classic cheater, I think of like a 50-year-old man having a gross mistress. Me too. I don't think of a... a good looking right 20 something but also guy. that's not to discount because obviously we had a listener there are a lot of people yeah. that write us that have been cheated on um so i also think it's geographical like dr mike was saying i think it's kind of it's kind of like an uh inverse bell curve like because up until maybe i was like 23 my friends cheated a lot yeah and then now they're not maybe like from now until 40 they won't and then like you said older men will do it yeah so maybe it's like there's like a sweet spot where like you're just like less interested in that kind of thing and again i don't really foresee like anyone kind of like readapting to wanting to cheat on anyone but um i don't know like in your mid to late 20s or early 30s mid 30s i feel like uh if you're invested in a relationship you're just much less likely to do anything that would jeopardize that right i actually completely agree i think like if we had asked which decade people are least likely to cheat i think it would be their 30s 
Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that's because like marriages are fresh or something like that. I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, we're not, we're just yeah, now speculating. We're just we're, the, you, yeah. We don't know anything, but it seems to make sense the way that the millennials are dating. Yeah. Right. So maybe in the end, it'll be a good thing that we are also like uh, weird about commitment and only committing to people that we're like obsessed with. Right. Yeah. Or waiting longer to commit because yeah. then it's like, all right. No one's going to get hurt. I've had my fun. Because there is no feeling like being cheated on. So people are just getting smart. I'm not doing it anymore. You've been cheated on? Oh, yeah. Lauren's been cheated on. We didn't even talk about those instances. Lauren, what? Tell us about it. I had an inkling that my boyfriend was a douchebag, so I went through his phone and saw he had sex with his neighbor the night before. Hmm. Yeah. And And what was been cheated on? And then I I pretended, I literally read the text, pretended I didn't read the text for about two weeks and was like, I... I just did everything the normal normal You're living in I cannot denial. believe you, had it so you slept hard. with him and his gnarly penis afterward. He was so gross. Wait, so what was his reason for cheating? Like what did he say? Did you ever confront him? I about confront it? about it all the time to this day and he'll like laugh and be like, I didn't cheat. I'm like, I read the text, you cheated. Uh, <laughs> he was just denying it. Just denying it. But he but also denying in a way where he knew he was caught and there was no way he could get around it. Yeah. Dean, have you ever been cheated on? Um, when I was in high school, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. nothing since then that I, that I know of, at least. How'd you find out in high school? Um, my, her, like, best friends texted me, and I like, went over to her best friend. Huh? That's kind of weird that her best, fr- her best friends yeah. will tell on her. <laughs> they were more, they, they more so, like, texted me, like, late at night, and they're like, hey, do you know where she is? And I was like, no, I haven't heard from her in a couple hours. Why? I'm like, oh, she's, like, missing. We think she's over at this guy's house. Like, come pick us up, and we'll go check. And so I picked up her friends, and we all drove over to the guy's house, and, like, went into the guy's house and she was there with him and it was like it was kind of it was very, very traumatic for me That's but so oh my sad. god that is so what sad. did you say dean um i just left i was like super upset but i don't know i was in high school so i was like young and dumb That's making but my I, stomach hurt to the best of my knowledge i have not been since then um i don't know because you can't get any better than you <laughs> oh no it can get much 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 better <laughs> than me. that has been clear all right. Well, Dean, right, thank you for coming you. on yeah, and talking Dean, about cheating with so us. Much. And the 80-20 rule. All right. Okay. Um, bye, Dean. Bye, Thanks Dean. so much. Thank you. thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you for having me. Wow. What an intriguing podcast, everyone. <laughs> truly, I no, really, truly. But truly, um, are there any guys out there who are willing to admit that they cheated and want to talk about it? Because I feel like this is like our ghosting segments. It's like it sounds like such a good idea, and we'd love to get people to talk about it firsthand, but those people don't ever want to talk. Right. So thanks to everyone that called in. Thank you to the girl that wrote us. Um, it means so much to us that you guys listen. And we are looking for our next ghost busting segment candidate. So if you have ever been ghosted or you've ghosted someone and you want to call the ghoster or ghosty, please email us at info at heartbrokenanonymous.com. And hopefully this was um, informative for I you I think guys. it was totally informative. Definitely. Yeah. Frontal lobe business. <laughs> Oh yeah. The yeah. the it is just that simple business. Yes, that was such a that huge takeaway for me. I don't know. I could be like I'd be like if if, if you disreact like that when you're then drunk, it's not like ever probably you. not my person. Yeah, then it's not for you. But also the sensation thing, like when he said if you walk in a bar and a guy's like laughing and hamming it up with everyone, like that is the guy that I'm most attracted to. And that's kind of scary cuz they're more likely to cheat. Yep. Yep. More interesting people. But it's okay because I don't have a boyfriend, so. All right. Keep the (laughs) tweets and the emails coming. The email is info at heartbrokenanonymous.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. 
Love you. See you next week. Subscribe. Bye. Great, great, and subscribe. Love you. Bye. I don't get it. Podcast.